Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Brandon Hull, and this is Freelance to Founder. And that's literally how I started making money was changing my ideal client. Um, we could talk about it. And I realized I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to you know, sell a $197 session over and over again to do this. And it was just so much work hitting the ground, marketing it. And I'm like, what if I just found somebody who's willing to pay me? It was, it was really that kind of conversation with myself. What if I found somebody who'd be willing to pay me $34,000 a month? Brought to you by Milo.co and the Podglomerate Podcast Network. This is the show where we learn from entrepreneurs who understand focus and scale. They started off as solo practitioners, developers, designers, product marketers, or creatives, and found out how to grow something to be bigger than themselves. You get to hear the details of what they did, how they did it, and what decisions were the hardest to make along the way. This is episode number 50, and why I tell you that, I don't know, other than that's what we podcasters do. Most importantly, it's the Ali Smith episode. You will love this episode if you can relate to any of the following situations. Number one, you were once in a corporate role and felt stifled. Number two, you were once in a corporate role and felt like you had numerous additional talents that weren't being put to use. Number three, you've got multiple interests, not just one thing, even if you have jumped out on your own already. And number four, you wonder if you can turn things around in as soon as one year. You're going to hear how Allie Smith turned those four things into a creative lifestyle that brings her well into the six figures, but also includes multiple revenue streams. I caught up with her in the middle of her typical busy routine at a co-working facility in Boise, Idaho. And with that, let's get to Allie. Thanks for having me, Brandon. I'm so excited to be here today. After a lot of back and forth and juggling of schedules, it's good that we're finally able to, to talk live. I'm, and I, it sounds like you found a, a decent place to, to call home for the next hour or so while we talk. I'm in a cozy corner of a co-working facility but surrounded by awesome entrepreneurs right now. So I'm in the perfect place. In beautiful Boise, Idaho. Well, so I'm excited to have you on because this is going to be a unique conversation because we're going to talk about two brands today that Ali has been involved, that you've been involved in building. And I want to start with the present day with one in particular, and that is Creative Gangsters. And then we're going to kind of walk through a little bit for listeners to learn how Creative Gangsters turned into another opportunity that you have now, uh, that you're balancing as far as um, uh, another business. But I want to talk with Creative Gangsters first and foremost. Can you share with listeners where Creative Gangsters is today? And then we'll go back in time, um, uh, you know, to get a feel for where you, where things got started. That sounds great. Okay. So Creative Gangsters is voice and visuals, as I like to call it, but mainly I do copywriting. So done for you, high-end uh, premium retainer clients. So starting at 3000 to 4000 a month. Um, people don't want a, an employee, and I don't really want to be an employee, but they trust me with their, their voice. Um, and it, interestingly enough, both of my big retainer clients are writers themselves. So I write for writers, um, I'm able to match their voice. And it, it went from zero, as we'll talk about in a little bit, as a stay-at-home mom, to six figures within 15 months. Um, 15 months. That, that's 
almost unheard of, especially when you're talking about a higher end client. What's an example of a higher end client? Um, it's just someone who's willing to pay three, four, five thousand a month just um, to have me handle it, just to take it and and trust. It's a there's a big element of trust, um, and, there, and there's also high volume of copy. So someone appreciates great copy too. Yeah, I'm not competing with anybody on Fiverr that that or Upwork. Um, not that there's not great opportunities there, but it's just a different clientele and someone who's just like, I just want to pay to get it done right the first time. Not your audience. Not your audience. The audience yeah. that's that's booming the profiles on Fiverr is not who you're looking to attract. It, and that's literally how I started making money was changing my ideal client. Um, we could talk about it. And I realized I'm like, I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to you know sell a $197 session over and over again to do this. And it was just so much work hitting the ground, marketing it. And I'm like, what if I just found somebody who's willing to pay me? It was, it was really that kind of conversation with myself. What if I found somebody who'd be willing to pay me $34,000 a month? Um, so they don't have to have me on staff. And just like that, within two two weeks, I had two clients. That's great now. But 16 months ago, what were you doing to kick things off? What what was what were the ideas percolating in your mind? <laughs> the, pain, the painful 16 months. Yeah. What? How did this happen? <laughs> two years ago was quite painful, actually. So um, that's funny. I discovered Instagram. I, I, I love visuals. It wasn't always the case. Um, and I kind of made it big with one of my Instagram accounts at the time, big as being very relative. Um, and I started having opportunities and I thought, ah, I'm going to be an influencer. This is going to be the new game. And then the algorithm changed. Like we all joke about it, but it really did. Um, and so you couldn't get, it was pay to play. Facebook bought them. And so suddenly I was like, I need a plan B here. And I've always been into writing. I have my uh, bachelor's degree is in writing, but then I was a stay at home mom. You know, I, I worked at Pottery Barn. I taught yoga, but was I a corporate person? No. Although I did have um, a corporate job we could talk about a little bit later that I hated, which great experience. So I found a mentor. I went out to New York. I attended a weekend workshop and I realized I had to get clear on how I was going to make money. Like I had no idea with my skill set, you know, being smart doesn't translate into money at all until you have a plan. And so one of their suggestions was start talking to people. So I opened it up in a Facebook group of almost 10,000 people. I had permission, you know, you don't want to go in and self promo and spam people and say, I have permission. I want to get on the, a one hour call with you for free and get and we'll help you get clarity on messaging on your business on, on something. Cause I did have enough experience growing these Instagram accounts over and over again for people. What did you leverage the fact that you had this uh, past background in creating content to attract followers via Instagram? Because it sounds like you didn't even necessarily have, you haven't made reference to having some sort of portfolio site of your capabilities and your writing abilities and that sort of thing. So what did you have as an asset that might make people feel confident that they should reach out to you? Good, good point. Okay. So I did have grow several Instagram accounts and I did a lot of it for free for friends, you know, with their businesses, not personal accounts, like their business accounts. So I knew about content creation and also in this Facebook group, which you sh anybody should do is I made myself known as being helpful, smart, you know, smart comments, um, I don't want to use the word teacher's pet, but active. I cared about it. I wanted to be there. Um, so my reputation got there. Um, and then I have this master's degree, which um, I got and then ended up staying home afterward for a while. But I have a degree, a master's of science from Boise State University in instructional and performance technology, um, which is a fancy organizational workplace learning. So it's corporate training, a big scale and performance improvement. And then what did I do with that? I stayed home. I, I engineered my children to, to be more higher performance. Um, so that gives street cred, just having an advanced degree like that. And I think 
a lot of that helped. And people were just willing to get on the phone with me. I think pe um, people who are earlier on in building audiences were like, well, she's got something to say. She's ahead of the game a little bit. And so those people, for two months, I did free calls. I would just get on the phone with people. And I had a lot of people. One um, person who had an MBA, who was one of the managers, ha called me up one day and said, hey, I've heard you've been doing a lot of these calls. Um, we want to brainstorm with you. We want to pick your brain. It was literally just, they were sitting in a room, let's call Allie. Got in a call. And at the end of that, he says, that was worth more than $500. How did you know what to talk about with these people? But this is, since you just threw the offer out after being active in the group, how did you know how to conduct this call to sort of explore what the opportunity was for you financially, but also know creatively what it was they were trying to accomplish? What, what, what made you feel confident that you knew how to conduct those calls like that? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I was not confident. I was terrified. I was such an introvert. But there was that push come to shove when, you know, you've got a spouse at home saying, well, when are you going to start making money? You get on the phone and do the uncomfortable thing. I don't know if anybody else listening has been there before. Or you have someone who's just like, isn't it time? You've been doing this for a while. Like, figure out what you're going to do. So I got on the, these calls. And what I realized was um, what everybody said was, I got clear on my messaging. You were able to find out how to talk to this person I'm trying to sell to over and over again. So I didn't realize that that was a thing. Like, oh, can people pay me for helping them figure out what they do and who they sell to? Because that didn't sound like a real job to me. That didn't sound like something somebody would pay for. Um, and ultimately, that became more than even copywriting um, is messaging. Like, I'm able to hear what you're trying to say and what you should be saying it, and then frame it in terms of transformation. Like, I help so-and-so do this, so that, X, Y, Z. Did you just trust your ability to ask the right questions and sort of read between the lines on what somebody felt like they needed, even if they couldn't articulate it well? And then maybe with that, figure out a way that you could help them out with, with copywriting? or. So what, what I did at first was I didn't know what I was doing. Literally, like, um, I hadn't even read about how to conduct a strategy call necessarily. Like, I will talk, we'll talk if, later on. I can tell you briefly about a job I had for a year and a half where I did learn a lot of skills, like working for a PhD who taught other PhDs marketing. Um, and so that, that's also the point that I forgot before that gave me my street cred of internet business. So I did learn some internet marketing there, but it was hard. It's a hard job. So I took that skill of, I'm just going to walk you through asking questions. All I did was ask questions um, and then say back to them. So what I hear you saying is um, you do this, but have you thought about that? Um, and because I was offering it for free, I framed it in such a way of I'm just gathering information and trying to figure out what I can offer. Would you be willing to get on a one hour call? You'll leave with um, three, you know, my perspective, maybe some ideas for your Instagram and your voice. So they got out of it. And what happened was, Almost every single person, person unsolicited began posting in these Facebook groups, talk to Allie, talk to Allie. She helped with this. Um, and the fact that it was free for a while, if everybody else wanted to do it, and then after a while, I'm like, I can't do this for free. What do I do? It's $97, which at the time was like zero to 97 is a lot. This is incredible. So you've gone from stay-at-home mom who's got ample background and uh, creative chops um, from a, I guess you can call it a portfolio standpoint, but you're not doing any, anything with those 15, 16 months ago to running strategy calls with people who have marketing challenges and see you as the go-to expert. And that ultimately gets you to where you are today, which is well into the six figures just 15 months later. 
uh, which yeah. seems astounding, astounding to me. So let's go further back in time here, maybe than the 15 months and maybe the, the younger Ali Smith. The, is this something that you pictured for yourself at some point in time in your career when you were uh, a, a child? Is this something that, that we should have seen coming in Ali as a youngster? Did you have these sort of uh, this sort of creative energy uh, running through you and, and someday you uh, wanted to be a writer, you wanted to do something visual. What did you have in mind for yourself? Uh, visuals? No. Visuals was a new, like newfound love at 37 and that was exciting. Um, I did art in high school, but that then left everything. I wanted to be an English teacher or a writer and I wanted to be a fiction writer, you know, write the great American novel and it was going to be easy, right? And so I actually did. I wrote a children's book. Ah, it wasn't very good. And so I just decided I suck at writing. I didn't know marketing writing existed until two and a half years ago, probably, or three years ago. I didn't know that was a thing, really. I didn't know, I never studied um, formally marketing and advertising. I studied different kinds of writing. And it, suddenly it was like, this is the most fun thing I've ever done and I get paid for it. Get, well, because it's like, I get to sit here and think of slogans and taglines and ways of framing it. And other people makes them sick. They're like, I would rather die than do that. That sounds terrible. But even the earliest, earliest years, like this, so this didn't even occur to you that you would be doing anything like this early on. You just, nah, you th I'll be a writer. I'll do something along those lines. Where oh, you know. yeah. The lone, I had this lonely um, romantic image of writing, you know, probably get a typewriter in a room and being New York Times bestseller. Um, life didn't work out that way. Or being an English teacher, because I love kids, is the other thing. Um, and then after I had kids, I realized I didn't want to have kids. <laughs> I didn't want to teach kids. So, when did, so, okay. So, whether it was a personal life uh, moment or professional, when did you have your first aha moment that this is the path I'm heading down and it's not the right one for me? This is not where I, what I should be doing with my life. When did that happen? That happened. Stay at home mom, which, you know, was wonderful. It's great. I still have a flexible schedule and I'm there for my kids after school. It's important to me. But I was like, I have to do something with this brain. Like, like I just, I can't sit here and there's, there's more to this. Um, and that was in my late 30s. I think. And then also when I started doing the Instagram, I realized I need to go deeper with this too. Like not just creating content. I need to make an impact and actually help people. Over and over, I started teaching it. No matter every coffee date I've been on for the last five years, I started teaching. Oh, let me show you Instagram. Oh, you're not using it? Oh, what about you change your bio? Did you know this? And so that led into the coaching capacity and also with Beta and Beyond. Is we're teaching, we're sharing, we're educating. But what about those, what about your twenties? What were you doing during your twenties that were that maybe the gears were turning that you were not satisfied with what was happening? Oh, that's okay. So that's a mindset issue is, and I know a lot of women have been there, um, becoming administrative assistants, um, becoming secretaries because you don't see yourself in the role. You didn't have any role models who are the presidents who were the founders. Um, so yeah, I was an admin assistant, way, way below my capabilities. Not that that's great. I love admins. I need one. <laughs> um, been there, but think, you know, being jealous of people who were performing and succeeding, but being stuck, seemingly stuck at a low level. So I think that was the point where I'm going to get my master's. Even though I, we had mentioned before we started recording, I dropped out of college three times because I can't stand sitting in a, in a classroom with somebody telling me what to do or telling me homework that doesn't interest me. Um, so it was kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a master's degree, graduated top of my class, by the way, and pregnant, and then <laughs> graduate assistant, and then at overseas at a university there, um, which I think is pretty cool. But at the same time, I did it just for me. Didn't do it for anybody else. 
Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. I've talked to so many people on this show who would go down the path of uh, getting their degree and realize, maybe they started a business while they were in school, but they would realize that that sort of structured learning environment was not a good place for them. Uh, either because the business was doing a side business that they started when they were young was already doing well, or they just felt like that sort of environment was too structured, too rigid, too confining, uh, too formal. Uh, and it seems like the the for many people the wheels start turning then that this is not the life I'm supposed to be living professionally. Was would you say that that's kind of yeah? So after I graduated, um, I had this new new baby too, and my husband were like, "Well, I'm like I have to work. I just I just felt it. Like I I, I love my baby. Um, so I went to work for a Fortune 500 as a contractor company for a year, year and a half. Uh, for let's see. A year later, I was the last person left on the team. We all started the same day. Plus, two more people had joined and quit. It was just this this grind that was horrible. And I just thought, I cannot work in this environment. I don't care. I don't care. Um, I can't do it. So finally, I left. And that's when I stayed home for a while. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just be here. And I didn't realize that the internet was available. Like this internet business thing, this was 13 years ago. Wasn't an option as a career path, right? Yeah, yeah. You couldn't you couldn't make a living teaching. So what I've done is taken this. Um, it's ironic because I thought my English degree would be, you know, lame, never used again. And my master's degree, I thought, well, that's technical. I'll never use that again outside of the corporate setting. And now I use both. I know how to teach people, how to motivate people, while I t- um, 
tapping into English and literature and turning that into to, to narratives and to stories that sell. So, which I think is kind of fun. I'm like, hey, look, I didn't waste all that time and money. <laughs> I actually get to use it. Your English degree wasn't going to be just for teaching. Like so many people think that English degree, I'm, I'm an English degree person myself. Are you? And, yep. So many people think that that's the only route you can go with it. And I actually feel like it's, it's a great foundational degree to unlock opportunities that are um, maybe more specific, but it's a great foundational degree because the communication skills you learn with it, I don't know, the skills that you learn to to ho- sort of hone your thinking, focus your thinking, um, I think are valuable ones that apply in so many different disciplines. The, what I learned, I think the big takeaways are how to break down what I've read into into components and into, into meaning and also to write when you don't feel like writing. I think that's an important skill. There's so much writing to do as an entrepreneur. Um, even if you turn it into a video or a script or talking, it's still you're creating content and it all has to come from the same place of either outlining or writing or getting your ideas on paper. Uh, that's, that, that's so valuable. Everyone should take a writing class. So when did you turn your back officially uh, or maybe not officially, but, but once and for all on the corporate world? When did you realize I'm walking out for the last time? There's a new me that's coming. I would say when I decided I wanted to go back to work, I had been home for maybe seven years, six years, just, you know, side jobs here and there, but not in a professional environment. Oh, okay. Yes. I know exactly what it was. I went back to the same fortune 500 company um, where I had been out for a long time and it was a brutal interview. I just left. I felt like crying. They were just ripped. It was a whole panel of angry people who were, they were having a miserable team and they wanted to bring on an additional writer and I'd be writing things for, printers and software. So I mean, it was going to be soul sucking and I knew it, but I wanted, I needed the, I'm like, I'm ready to make an income. And I left and I was just like, I feel sick to my stomach. They hated me. And then they called and offered me the job. And what the manager said was, we think you'd bring some much needed positive energy to this negative environment. Um, and I'm like, Oh, I can't. And I just said, no, I said, I can't. Thank you so much. I, d- I can't accept this job. I'm not going back into this. I don't care if it was, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. When was this? That was um, not that long ago. It feels like six years. Well, that feels like a little ways ago. Because it then took several years for you to ultimately get going with Creative Gangsters. So what was happening during those the four-year interim since you were ready to go back to work and you had been dabbling in side stuff? Found myself a job on Craigslist, which always ends happily ever after, right? (laughs) But it, it was meant to be. Like, so... Um, I, I just thought this job ad was, was just written so beautifully. I'm like, who could write that? And so I, I responded, not thinking I would get it. I'm just like, here's where it is. This is where I'm at. I need to go back to work. Nobody will hire me. You know, that's always good to say in your, you know, your letter. Um, and they interviewed. She had like 63 applicants interviewed to hired me. And so what they did is they, um, she was a PhD who taught other PhDs how to write grants better. This so and how to mark and treat it their labs like marketing so teaching scientists the, these principles and that's where was my crash course in internet marketing it was about a year and a half it was intense um i finally ended up leaving and i was just like this is not a healthy environment for me but that's where i learned it and i thought oh maybe i can do this and that that was my my eye-opening moment is that the internet exists and people are making money it sounds like that one of the threads that i see um as you've described yourself in the past is that there, while you have done the work you've been called upon to do, 
there's always been this part of you that's evaluated the environment you're in and the people you're doing it with and kind of felt like, I think I could do that though, maybe as well as, or better than the, the person I'm learning it from, as opposed to doing the work for them, I could be doing that part. Is that the case? I think so. And I, you know, trying to be a good employee yeah, right. It's, it's hard. I mean, so I realize that maybe I'm not a good employee, but I'm a great partner. I'm a great peer, great person to have on your team. And that's um, if we fast forward just a little bit to where I started working with this, my mentor, you know, we started off with just, you know, here's a few hundred bucks a month to do this thing that you're already doing. Let me pay you, compensate you for your time. Um, growing to somebody recognizes, I don't want you on my, I don't want to hire you on my team. I want you to be part of the team. And to me, when I heard that, it was like, that's what I realized I always wanted, you know, a seat at the table, to, you know, a meaningful work to participate. And I would take less money for that. Or, you know what I mean? That, that's so meaningful and important. That's, that's the most important thing. Who you work with, what, do you, what kind of work you do, and also where I get to do it. I'm in a co-working facility and I get to pick up my kids from the bus stop. So, like, that's worth to me more than anything. So I know about your mentor, but I don't think our listeners know about your mentor yet. So let's introduce that. Creative Gangsters is your thing. And you started that, uh, let's call it two years ago, even though it wasn't even two years ago. And meanwhile, you've got a mentor that you've started up this second business with that we alluded to at the beginning, but haven't introduced fully. I think you've dropped the name a couple of times. T talk to us about how you got introduced to your mentor, when that happened, and the business that you've now started together. Awesome. Yes, I'd love to. So I think a lot of people can relate to this. You're at the kitchen table with your laptop or your computer and you're on Pinterest Googling internet marketing, <laughs> how to become a blogger, how to turn a blog into a business. And two names kept popping up on Pinterest over and over again. There was like two, two people in the industry. And one of them was, um, it was a company called byregina.com. And that's Regina Nagino. And I just started studying with her or just reading her free stuff. It was epic free content that I was like, who does this for free? I mean, it was, it was beautifully done founder Facebook group. When I finally, oh, I was pretty cheap at the time too. It wasn't making any money. So it's hard to invest when you make nothing, you know, when you're a stay-at-home mom. And finally there was an opportunity to go for a long weekend in New York City with with her and her business partner and her brother, who's a, a lawyer. And I thought, I need to be, I need to go. I want to learn in person. I'm just going to skip to the front of the line. And so I flew out there. Uh, Wait a minute. Was that, was that hard to convince your husband to do that? <sighs> yes. Yes. But there's also a point of, I'm doing this. And there's a point where if your spouse says, I'm doing this, you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, so there's a little bit of that too. There was some confidence behind it. I was just like, I need to do this. I, I don't know why. I just need to be there. So I went and then you make these in-person connections and I'm, I'm really good friends with all three of them today. And, and it wasn't magic. It was just like, I was there to learn. I wasn't, I was just there to connect in person. And then uh, ever since then, it was like, they knew me. Hey, Ellie, you can go ahead and make your offer, that free offer I made in our Facebook group. And it started there. Like, yeah, we trust you. We've met you. Um, and I also gained crazy skills for Instagram and other things during that that weekend. So I, I do recommend to anybody who wants to go closer to founder or, or to invest in your freelance, go to those in-person small conferences, the, you know, the intimate weekend workshops, the masterminds. I think um, that a big, big conference with a thousand people to me. That's not going to do anything to me and that's going to feel like school, but those intimate experiences can change your life. You, so you, you, you went, you went to visit with her because you had creative gangsters in mind. Is that why? 
No, I didn't even have it. This was before that. It was a year before that. I knew it was going to be something. So at the time I was building this Instagram account, which was starting to make a little bit of money, like, you know, just a little bit. Um, it's since I've leveraged it to other things at this point. Um, and I, that, that's uh, my travel. That's my personal personal brand, my travel account. And then a Creative Gangsters is just work. Um, and I've done, I have another one that's just about food. I need to pair back to, to less. <laughs> of them um yeah okay. so she was a mentor to, you to to get started focus your efforts to do things on your own and to build a business uh to understand how to do it uh how to to not just have these sort of channels or platforms that were good for branding purposes but to translate them into business purposes as well that that was your reason that you connected with with Regina, right? Yeah. And then, then there was like, I wouldn't say it was a hard conversation, but it was a challenging conversation of, okay, you're, you're too smart to not be making money. <laughs> so it's like looking at what's your, what's your business model? Like, um, you need to start offering services. And, and that was the shift because when you first get into the internet land and there's all this money to be made, you're thinking, I'm just going to be an infopreneur. I can just create an ebook and I'm going to make six figures on my launch kind of thing. I mean, there's a lot of idealism around around that and it's not the case and so when it came down to it i was like okay i have my ebooks i have my eight dollar this i'm gonna need to provide some heavy duty services which is not what i wanted to do at first because it takes you know it's one-on-one you get paid for your time and your and your it's hands-on but once i decided to do that oh that's when it shifted that in 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 the long range we'll have i'll have info products and then passive income and can leverage that but in the short term it was like wow okay i can mix these figures doing this let's do that that's pretty interesting so you you got a short-term master class in how to get moving quickly with services and the idea of having info products or something like that that could be sold you know 24 7 all that, all that good story uh was a secondary um, opportunity that you that you pursued is that safe to say? Well, I wanted to do it first, but you in order to make any money, you need a large audience. You need fresh eyes coming in, and so I had been done all this audience building, which is a long game, you know, and trying to connect with people. And finally, it was like you need to make money now. If you want to make money today, you offer a service to somebody, um, and you charge a premium price, and you make sure they have a premium experience with you. Uh, that, in my in my opinion, for what I do. That's a great insight. I think there's a lot of people who rush to, or they see this, the blogging world, or <clears throat> excuse me, they see, they'll see the blogging world. They'll see people that are doing really well with digital products, with maybe online courses, and rush to do one of those versus build an audience, uh, serve a community uh, first, and then get revenue in, <laughs> provide an actual tangible service that people will pay for. And you can have sort of a lead generator. Um, you know, build the audience while offering that service. But the idea of rushing to a product or a course or something um, may be, at least it was in your case, a misnomer. And it might be, you might need to change the order on those things, it sounds like. Because what if it fails, you, you might mistakenly think, A, I'm a failure, I shouldn't be doing this, or B, this product is a failure. And, and maybe neither. Maybe you just needed more time to have a, an audience or to refine it. And also when you have that steady revenue, just if you're offering services, um, it takes all that pressure off. Suddenly, I mean, maybe you you have less time that you do. You have less time, but suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have to stress about selling 500 copies of my whatever ebook or my course. And then you can build that, and then you become known for it. So that that's been a great lesson. Were you worried that that with the social 
channel work that you'd done with the Instagram um, uh, influencer work that you had done, were you worried right before you reached out and took the plunge in going to New York with Regina? Were you worried that that was what was happening to you? Was that you were running too scattershot and it was just going to all fail, even though you had a pretty nice following, you were starting to figure out Instagram a little bit? Were you worried that it was still... Not at that, at that time. I thought that was going to be the big thing. I thought I was just going to explode it and it was going to um, be my main source of revenue. But when I was there, I started learning about all these other avenues um, and, and things to consider. Like that's not a business model either. And, you don't, and the other important thing is you don't own that platform. That's the most important thing, meaning that's not your email list. Yeah. The, and the rules did change and they changed for everybody. And so that was a big wake up call. Suddenly it's pay to play. As it should be. I mean, they have bills to pay. Um, but then I had to have a plan B, which, which turned out to be better than I could have imagined. Better than plan A. Plan B surpassed plan plan A. And plan B, can we call plan B creative gangsters to begin with? But also... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about creative gangsters. Um, and we already... We talked a little bit about what you did early on to reach out to people and to start to grow things. Um, was there a point, though, where that one group, or maybe there were a couple of few groups, where you hit a wall at all, where things didn't, weren't quite as easy to come by? Um, it sounds like an amazing run for just 15 months in, but surely there had to be a point where this, the initial re outreach tactics like using that Facebook group weren't sufficient. Absolutely. It's been a or it's been a rocket launch ever since, and it's been great ever since then. You never oh, had any no. adversity at all. It's been a miracle every day. No, of course there's reality checks along the way, and one of them was um, you're hustling, like getting money here and there is you know what you want. I went from ninety seven dollars to one ninety seven dollars sessions, made them a little longer. Still, still didn't know what I was doing. I had never been a freelancer before. You know, I had written magazine articles here and there, but that's different than creating a process where somebody gets on a Zoom call and gets deliverables. I had never done that. And then what happened was um, an entrepreneur, I had actually connected with him. He was a podcast guest. And so I had commented and we connected on Instagram because that's, that's a side note is how I teach Instagram is like a fun LinkedIn. Don't use it. You know, it's not just a magazine. You're not publishing and leaving. You got to be there and interact and just show a little bit more personality. He reached out and said, Hey, do you have anything on Instagram besides your $8 ebook? And I was like, well, I mean, cause that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to sell these passive income products. And, and I'm like, well, yeah, we can get on the phone. Um, and then I learned on that call change. That was the game changer. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because he brought his assistant and I realized, Oh, people who can really pay me, for copywriting or taking over Instagram in a big way, or they, um, they're not going to do it themselves. They're not going to attend a two hour masterclass. They are not going to read an $8 ebook. They want to just skip to the front of the line and they're going to bring their assistant. So they need a recording of it and they need like a pass off factor. So what we call it to their assistant to manage it. And so I, so I had to think about it in different terms. I'm like, they either want me to completely do it for them or they want to make me or have it packaged so that their team can do it. Which sounds good. But how did you know how to find those people? Because though that this is still such a young and new industry, this idea of online marketing, online businesses, that there's no directory that you can just go to and dial up, you know, the, the email addresses for all of the online marketers that are out there. There's no SIC code for, for any of that sort of thing. So how did you know how to attract that that audience? So I think I got really good 
at my own message of this is who I do. I, and I just started putting it out there. So I, I want to take over the voice and visuals for multiple six figure or seven figure entrepreneurs. And I just started saying that over and over again. And um, it happened fast because that's a very small market, you know, and I, it was network. One of them was networking lunch in person. Um, you know, you know, it's hard to say I got an internet job in person. And then I had gone to New York to meet an internet person in person. Um, and so both of those had an, the actual human connection. So if you're not being a person, you got to get on Zoom calls. You got to be on Facebook Lives because people connect with people. Um, and as soon as I said, this is what I do. And hey, look, here, here's my portfolio. I still don't even have like a written portfolio that I share with people. I'm like, I'd, I'd rather do a project for you for free and blow you out of the water. Like, I'm confident in that. So I'd be like, hey, yeah, let me let me do something for a month for just, you know, maybe not even a discount, but just give me a small project and then you'll come back and you'll be like, how can we work together? So you you sort of bridge the online with the offline a little bit to make a more of a human connection with people for sure. Do, do you feel like, do you, do you interact with enough freelancers? I'll call them, loosely call them freelancers today. People who dabble in online marketing or in their internet businesses today uh, are on the side to know that that's still a problem, that people don't make that connection, that they trust that all the digital channels are sufficient. What have you learned about that? It's a huge problem. And that's something we, we're trying to teach because it was a misconception that I had at first too, that it would just be like anonymous traffic coming in. And yeah, we absolutely get leads and you know how to drive leads to your lead magnet or directly to a paid offer. Um, but more often than not, when you're getting started, it's word of mouth. It's connecting in person. It's it's ten phone calls a week, or you know, it's it's surprising. I think the more anonymous the internet gets, the more important talking to a human and seeing a person is, and, and establishing trust and rapport. Do you think it will always be that way? I think it'll get more so. I mean, as the more we go towards AI and more digital, I think I, I, the more I'm going to see. Are you an actual human? Are you a scammer? I, I want to see your who you're connected to. I think it's. Yeah, it's it's definitely more actually social. Yeah. So Creative Gangsters uh, is is doing well, it's starting to grow in terms of the value, the size of the packages that you work with uh, with people on, and things seem to be humming along. I'm assuming that Regina, at, during this early first six months or so, is still a business mentor to you, guiding you through the process. And a client. And, then, and a client. Okay, and a client. But then something happens where she's not just a client any longer. And we've hinted to it now a few times. So yeah. let's talk about the second brand that has emerged that's now an important part of your income and a part of, a part of your life. Um, even sounds like from a, you have a unique relationship with Regina now as a former business mentor, then a client, and now a partner. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so she had um, had by Regina, just a thriving, successful business, and then realized she wanted to do something different, something new, which is teaching with signature events. She's known for her online teaching, and wanted to create something around that. Um, and I and I was helping. I was, you know, one of my full time clients. I was doing a lot of you know writing and other kinds of administrative back end, like the higher end back end stuff. And then at the end of last summer was, you know what? I was thinking, I'm, I'm always like, oh, they're going to fire me or they don't want me. Or they're going to let me go. And it was, I think that's just part of growing up, never being quite sure what you're doing. And then she was like, I think I would, I want to, I'm going to share this project project with you. Or what I heard was project. I'm going to split the revenue on this project we were launching. And I was like, that sounds great. And I was super confident because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I totally. And then what she meant was I want to split this business with you. And I was just like, what what I, I was it's a huge honor and it 
it's what I would do without getting paid. I love what we do so much. So you've got a, a person that you looked up to so much, you know, say a year previous to this, who you are uh, tracking down in order to learn from them, who has now come full circle and invited you in as a partner in a new business. Yeah. Emotionally, you must feel like, I'm, I think I'm starting to figure this out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And my spouse too. My husband's like, huh, you were right. Maybe you know what you're doing a little bit. I'm like, well, eh, you know. I should have been more patient with you. He's yeah. thinking, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, you're doing right. You're doing all right, lady. Um, so, so it's a different thing though. It's a different thing though to be, to have her as a client than to now be a, a partners because now your the, your interactions are not about the production of work. It's about priorities. It's about uh, vision. It's about direction. And it's about activities that are not just creative production oriented. How has balancing these two businesses now been for you to have creative gangsters that you want to continue to grow, uh, but to also have um, uh, your business with Regina and, and you want it to grow and it's an entirely different thing. How has that been for you to, to, to balance what activities consume your time? It's pretty, that, that's a challenge. Um, figuring like, how do I want a waiting list on creative gangsters? Cause I'm out of time. I don't have any more time in my day. I have, you know, two children. Plus I always have a foreign exchange student. Like we got a lot of chaos going on at home, you know, like <laughs> keeping the kids juggled, um, figuring out what, what can I start? And the next, I think the next thing for creative gangsters will be, um, a group coaching program so I can leverage it and teach people how to be their own copywriters first for, for entrepreneurs, uh, for beta beyond with Regina, uh, that will continue to grow and, and, and scale what we do there through masterclasses and teaching. And it's been a shift going from, you know, not, not being an employee, but you know, a, she was a client to becoming a partner. Um, it, it's me learning how to communicate and how to say, well, how about this? And, and having a little bit more of a voice and yeah, it, it's different. It's, you have to start thinking about activities from the higher level, not waiting for anybody to give you something to do. It's, it's not like that anymore. And that's a, that's a totally, I mean, I learned that as an entrepreneur for creative gangsters, but it's different when you're in a partnership too. Because you're like, what if, how do I bring something to the table? So it, it, Beta and Beyond has grown rapidly enough that it's now half your income. Is that right? Half your, your revenue or income personally? That's pretty fascinating. As you look ahead to the next two or three years, what will change what do you, maybe two or three years is too long, the next year or two, what do you think will change about your personal routine and your priorities so that you can adequately scale and, and, and still be an, an important integral part of both of these businesses? How can you divide and conquer in the future? Uh, a, f a funny part of that is probably like being the primary caregiver of kids. As, as my older one becomes a driver, I'm like, whoo, suddenly I have like hours and hours back in my day. If you if you have teenagers or know what that's like, you're like, I'm an unpaid Uber driver. So I'm going to get 10 hours a week back for that. Um, I would also pivot or at least pull back from one-on-one -on -one work. Uh, and, and it would be shifting to the group coaching or a, or a course, like a, an ultimate type copywriting course. Um, and then so I can focus on scalable activities that are also really fun. Because, you know, one-on-one -on -one work is great and meaningful, but there's just no more of my time. Is Creative Gangsters just you? Uh, it's just me, plus some assist assistance here and there. But I'm I'm doing the writing, and I haven't been able to give that up yet. I'll, everyone is like, I work with a productivity and organization expert right now, and she's like, you need to get a junior copywriter. I'm like, I'm not quite ready to do that. <laughs> 
that's part, that's actually part of the reason I asked that is is with every founder I've spoken to, there is this crossroads moment where the thing that they were doing that they were excited about, they can't continue to do all of them any longer, and they have to start to uh, hand that off to someone else who may have an entirely different view of the work, uh, have a different set of skills and so forth. And that quality oversight becomes an important piece. Not only the hiring of that person becomes important, um, but the oversight process of that. And plus your clients are so used to you delivering the service. Are you nervous about that part going forward? I am. I am. And I know that that's a common thing of bringing somebody on because all I hear are the horror stories. Uh, but then there's good stories. Like Regina tells me, you are the good story. You know, like, like I'm making you a partner because I can't imagine life without this again. So I know that there's there's great people. And something I've, I'm finding is I've got some co-working friends who are so great at what they do. Word of mouth and referral is so important. Like bringing somebody on contract. Hey, can I try you for 20 hours a month first? Um, and I also have learned to structure things short term. Like, hey, let's give this a month rather than walk in saying with no end date. You can always extend it if it goes well, but to avoid hurt feelings and if things don't work out. I've tried, um, like myself, I've tried people out through up, you know, Upwork and, and higher end text broker, you know, you know, things that are other copywriting. And I just, it's not my standard. And so that's, that's been a challenge. You'd have to teach somebody and train them and be like, are you, are you in or are you going to learn and then leave? And I guess that's how it always is. Right. And, you know, so many people I talk to um, who have done really well in building their businesses got their start, maybe not so much in your case, but got their start when there weren't quite as many playbooks to follow, um, quite as many uh, courses or platforms or what have you to trust to build their businesses, to build their course business, to build their um, their digital products, what have you. And uh, today, that's not the case. There are so many different avenues that you can follow for that. So for beta and beyond, especially what will, what, how do you, how does that factor into how you differentiate the offering that you and Regina have when there are so many options out there to learn how to build your own courses, that learn how to build a following, to build an online business? Is it tougher now than even just a couple of years ago? And if so, or if not, what, what, how does that factor into how you brand yourselves and, and, and how you offer your, your array of services? Oh, Brandon, that's a great question. Uh, because yeah, it's way harder now. Even two years ago, the market's saturated. We literally um, just reached out to our, our core audience. Um, we, Regina and I have a very a pretty large email list um, with an offer, and a lot of people wrote back and said, "You know what? We're we're pretty coursed out. You know, we've bought. We, they've spent thousands of dollars on courses, not just with us, but with other people too. And they were great, but that's not what they wanted. So we have just done some internal." discussions and realized we're going to give them what they need. And that's coaching. That's accountability and some mentorship more one-on-one -on -one. Um, and try to keep it as affordable as possible. It's not like a $25,000 mastermind, not by any means. Um, and, and what we want to be known for is how to help people create events, what we call signature events to grow their business. So beyond the webinar. That seems like an, a new one. I don't think I hear about the idea of you. I've heard about people doing product launches, obviously, and, and building courses and so forth. But the idea of an event-driven business seems kind of different to me. I'm not sure I'm I'm, I'm up to speed on that one. Oh, good. Okay, no, I, I like that it's different to you. So uh, people can grow their business through webinars, and, and that's that's very well known. Well, we're trying to go beyond just a webinar. So yeah, a webinar, um, framing it as a masterclass, framing it as intimate group coaching or office hours. People, Because these are people whose businesses aren't 
consistent revenue. They're they're part time. Those are after their work. So we're trying to help them grow it so that they can leave a leave their job or have more freedom. Um, a lot of people are terrified of webinars. I was. Um, so here, here's some low lower tech, less stress things to start. And so we want them to, based on their business model, figure out the type of event that makes sense. So we've got six that we talk about in one of our master classes. Like, and also the important the importance of the business model. Like, because I didn't have a business model going in. That had to form over time. And when you realize if you're selling a high-end done-for-you service, that person is not going to come sit to your two-hour masterclass or webinar ever. That's not how they're, they don't have time for that. That's not how you sell to them. So we want them to think about that first and then guide them through, hey, why don't you try this? Do you feel like you can draw upon, I shouldn't frame this as a yes-no question, but how do you draw upon your background as with your, with your, not your background, but your experience base with um, building Instagram accounts and building followings, connecting with people in that way. How can you draw upon that to add a personality to all of this as well? Because that seems like an important piece to me that who I learn from is as much about their expertise as it is relatability. Like I feel like their stories aligned with mine or something like that. You know? Yeah. And do you mean for, for Regina and me as the presenters or how we teach that to people? Okay. How, how, yeah, for you, you know, for, for you and the audience and following and the type of clients and, and customers that you're trying to attract, um, first of all. But second of all, does that factor in also to what you teach people is how they can connect with their community? Yes. Um, more so starting, starting with us, um, we have excessive personality disorder. Both Regina and I have big personalities and are, are, have a lot of fun. They're, um, so yeah, we have to tone it down sometimes during when we train, but yeah, our, our audience expects that from us. I mean, and that's, we, we tone it down because if we went all for it to be like, okay, we have to focus here we got to deliver this, this content and it's a lot of fun. So it's, we don't take it too seriously. We take the outcome incredibly seriously. Um, but the event itself, we try to always have it be fun for the participants because we're asking them to give up two hours, two and a half hours. Our masterclasses tend to run pretty long. We did one last night that we had to cut off at two and a half hours. We're like, people need to go to bed. Um, and then as far as teaching people, we, I try to teach people to work with their personality and their energy. So if you are an introvert, we do want you to get on camera, but you don't have to go do a big webinar. You start with an intimate group class, top, cap it at six. And they're like, can I do that? Yeah. And you frame it as an intimate group training. So that way, if only three people show up, you're not embarrassed. Or if you like, if you're okay with going big or going home, then work with that. So that's something I like. It's important to me. And also to, it's like you factor in who the person is as opposed to having them follow a very rigid, specific blueprint to things. Yeah. And I, I have some friends who do subscribe to a particular webinar school of thought. Like this is the perfect webinar. This is how you do it. And they talked to me afterwards. And she's like, I felt so icky when I got to the pitch part. I'm like, well, there's a, there's a way to pitch where you feel good and excited and, and people are excited to buy from you because like if somebody goes to buy a Lexus, they're there because they want to buy a Lexus. They don't feel icky that you're selling them something. Um, so you just got to do it right, I, I think. So that's, that's, our, that's our whole goal is to help people create freedom and get impact. And with creative gangsters, I kind of like to get the word out and messaging and shake things up a little bit. I'm a little gangster, even though I live in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Can one be gangster and be in, in Idaho, really? Yeah, because I'm from California. <laughs> I brought, all, I brought it with me. You're channeling your inner gangster in Boise. And that's what I want everybody to do, really. You know, ch channel your inner gangster. Do your play a little bit by your own rules. 
Even if you're uh, even if you're a little bit Boise, if there's a little bit of Boise in all of us, but even if there is, there is, we have we have to blend both sides of our, ourselves. So I, I I I'm excited that you that you that's important to you because it it does feel like there is a. Uh, increasingly a formulaic approach to the expectations of people that want to build online businesses. So the a formulate formula to the way you launch a form, <coughs> excuse me, a formula to the way you engage a formula, to the way you build a community and that you take that into consideration, I think is a really unique one. Um, and not, I, I don't know if that should be a part of your marketing, but the idea that you don't want things to be icky. I, I like that as well. Oh, that's a, thank you. We call it, that's not classy. That's my way, way with words. We, what we call it is a humanized sales funnel or the humanized approach to online business, non-icky. But the way we write, because you asked about personality, we do write that way. Our sales, even our sales emails talk about the non-ickiness or, or not being sleazy. Uh, we enjoy the personality because then people will open it. They want to read it. Yes, I agree. And the way, just g- given how this conversation is going now makes me go back and think of all the things I've read by you and the voice is consistent. The voice is, there's a personality in the voice. It's not marketing copy over here. And then here's who uh, Ali actually is when you communicate with her. There's a, there's a consistency there. That's great to see. Thank you. And I had to learn that because when I got my master's degree, I learned how to do academic writing. And it was really, once you learn that, you start writing like an academic robot. You're like, therefore... As you can see, based upon the following, you know, the previous paragraphs, you should buy this. And I had to write like I talk. And that's also a good takeaway for anybody is, you know, if you're a bad writer, just talk it out. Use dictation and start practicing from there. If you ever catch yourself writing, thus we see, that a red flag should go off, right? <laughs> Actually, it's funny that you say that. Cause yesterday or two days ago was Shakespeare's birthday. So I did, I did a tribute post to him. And thus we see it was Shakespeare's birthday. So I did go off a little bit there. Well, Ali, it sounds like you're excited about where uh, Beta and Beyond is going as well as Creative Gangsters. If you had to hedge and, and or not hedge, if you had to put all your chips in and say, this is where things are going to be three years from now, uh, you're going to be bold and say where you want to take things. What would that look like? Uh, ooh. Beta and Beyond will be well-known. And, and the place to go for uh, people who want to go from either stay at home or their nine to five that they want to leave. That's where you're going to go learn to teach how you can learn to share and create a, a smart business model. That feels good. And where will creative gangsters be? I think it's pretty hard to kill creative gangsters, no matter what. I think it's going to be kicking and coming back in some form. I, I do imagine that that will become more of an agency and, and, and bring on some people who, who share that vision and, and fun and help people with their writing because writing's hard for some people. I mean, it's hard for me even. It's hard for everybody. It's, a chore. it's an absolute chore. So you'll have, you'll have the educational platform, which totally speaks to your past, as well as the agency services as well. Yeah. I think humanizing and helping people find their voice for, for communication, not just writing. I use writing, but you know, like you write, you have to script out a podcast. You have to script out a Facebook live. Um, at least you should, at least talking points. And so we can help people learn how to do that. Anyway. Well, I think you're, you're already inspiring people. I'm excited about where you're going in the future. And thank you so much for hopping on and joining me today. Thank you so much for reaching out and having me. I'm, I'm so excited. And if anybody wants to find me, they can stalk me online and we'll connect. You now know the backstory of Ali Smith, founder of Creative Gangsters and co-founder of Beta and Beyond. Look her up via either of those names online or in Facebook. Coming up next week, 
We've got the witty and uber-talented Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual. Huge props to my co-producer, Preston, who's also the leader of the Milo Mastermind community on Facebook, and our incredible assistant, Bilal, for helping put this episode together. We are a proud member of the Podglomerate Network as well, which features other shows like Rocket Ship, Not Skinny But Not Fat, The History of Stand Up, Two Girls, One Podcast, and numerous other great ones. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch me at Brandon Hull on Twitter, if you like, and feel free to drop your rating or review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next week on Freelance to Founder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.